0: Kev Adams is France's biggest young comedy star, with 6 million Twitter followers and another 5 million checking out his Instagram feed. He was performing one man shows in Paris while still a teenager and starred in 692 episodes of the TV series Soda. Kev also co starred in two hit movies in France Serial Teachers and The New Adventures of Aladdin. Adams has toured with his idol Gad Elmaleh, and like Gad, Kev is now making a go of it in America. He co wrote and co stars in his series Super High for the Black Pills app. And he'll be seen in his first major American movie, The Spy Who Dumped Me, in 2018, alongside Kate McKinnon and Mila Kunis. Kev tells me about his wild ride and the transition to the States. So let's get to it. Uh, Kev, bonjour. Bonjour.
1: How are you? Uh, I'm so happy to be in your show. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's it's one of my first interviews in English.
0: Oh boy! Thank you. I had uh, a Gad did his first interview in English. Really? With me. Yeah. Awesome. That's cool. A- so at Joe's when he had a residency at Joe's Pub in New York City. Yes. A couple of years ago. Gad's one of
1: my best friends, so I'm I'm glad to be on the same show that that he started. Now, uh,
0: have you made the move to America, or are you just here f- for work?
1: Yes, I made the move. I bought a house here in L.A. a year ago, and now I'm trying to be like six months here and six months in Paris. Okay. Which is hard because, you know, I need to be here all the time if I really want to succeed here. But, uh, right. you know, I need to keep my young career in France right now. So I'm trying to be right, half you're, French, half American.
0: Right, because your first big Hollywood movie doesn't come out until next summer. you right. It's 2017 now, but it won't come out until 2018, right? You're right. So, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me something I don't know. What... Did you know, how how early did you know you wanted to be a comedian or a comedic actor growing up in, in France? Actually, pretty early, to be honest. To be honest,
1: I think I started watching com- comedic show shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to tell you, excuse me for my English. It's mm-hmm. like one of my first interview in English, so if there's, like, mistakes, mm-hmm. like, please uh, <laughs> understand. Uh, so, yeah, I started young. I think I started around... Five years old, six years old, watching comedy with my family, you know, in the living room with my brothers and my parents. And my parents were big fans of Gad, actually. So Gad was already huge in France. Is
0: that because of the North Africa to France Maybe, aspect? Maybe, maybe. Because he's Moroccan, you're Algerian? I'm half Tunisian, I'm uh, Algerian, uh, Algerian, Algerian,
1: yes. Yes, so but he was born in Morocco.
0: Right. I'm like the You were next, born in France. I was
1: born in Paris. Okay. And you know, I'm the next generation. And my parents were born in Paris. But my grandparents they were born in Tunisia and Algeria. Uh, okay. Which means Gad is from the generation of my grandparents. Alright?
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Gad, you're still so young at heart if you're listening, Gad No, he's
1: the best and he's the <clears throat> he's a real inspiration. I heard Orny talking about uh, Jerry Seinfeld and right. Gad is my Jerry Seinfeld, you know, I mean it's, it's it's crazy. I grew up watching his show and I grew up being inspired by his show. And I was like, shit, I, I want to do exactly the same. I, I used to see how this guy come up on stage and just, you know, uh, tells everyone what everyone thinks but doesn't know how to tell it. I don't know if it's clear what I'm saying. But, you know, it's like suddenly I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to go up on stage and tell people some. Truth about them that they don't realize yet. You How know?
0: old were you when you first saw Gad?
1: I, I don't know. I, I think seven years old. Oh. Yes, and <laughs> I know that for my ten years old birthday, mm-hmm. my mom took me to his show live. You know, okay. and that was one one of the. I think that was the first show ever I've seen in a in a theater. I mean, a comedy show, of course. And uh, well, I the was, comedy scene is still pretty young in France. It? Yeah. Now it's starting to be big. Trust me. Now we have like a lot of comedian, a lot of. Comedy clubs, it's starting to, to you know, to, to be not, of course, not as here, not as in New York, but it's starting to be uh, something, and it exists, and now you have more spots where you can do comedy in Paris than music, for example, so, so that's, that's, yeah, it's crazy, and when I, when I started, yeah. when I was 17 years old, 16 so, years old, So actually. what was the
0: scene like when you were 16? That was,
1: that was small. Like really small, I remember that some people were uh they used to push table and chairs in their restaurant, and they don't have they didn't have any any stage you know it was just a space mm-hmm. and no mic and no nothing and uh they were just like, "This is the comedy night, and we took off this chair and this table, and you can go here and make some jokes and people were eating and and laughing, and that was cool, but that was like the real. Uh, beginning of comedy clubs here in, uh, in Paris, you know, not here, but in Paris.
0: And so, it was all French-speaking. Huh? And it what? was all French-speaking, all francophone. It Capone. was
1: only French-speaking, of yeah. course, but it was all new for us. I mean, we, we, we weren't used to some comedians come in, make a 10-minute set, and then leave, and then another comedian come in, and then another 10-minute set, and then leave. We it was weren't. just going to a big show. yes. We were used One to go person. see Gad we go see Jamel Debbouze, the big names in our country, mm-hmm. and go see them for an hour and a half, and that was awesome. And then, and then that was the comedy, you know. And then suddenly there, there's this place popping up, you know, f- all around Paris. And then you can go there and you can test jokes exactly like here. But for me, that was like the biggest discovery of my life. You cannot imagine. I was 16 years old. I was in, in, uh, in high school. And suddenly I'm like, okay, I can go in this place and I can do stand-up comedy, like for real. I can r- write my own jokes and have an audience. That's crazy. And I loved it. Like I loved it at the, at the first sight, you know, I, as soon as I went on stage for the first time, I was like, that's, this is exactly where, where I belong. This is where I belong. Was, I have to be there.
0: Was everybody else then also young or, or were you the young one? I was the younger. I was the young, the youngest, the
1: younger. You can say the kids Either. both. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Either. All right. Either.
0: Cool. So <laughs> younger of two, youngest of many.
1: Okay, so I was, I was the, the younger, actually. I was the youngest. I was mm-hmm. the younger youngest, <laughs> uh, meaning no one was younger than me. That was crazy because I was 16 years old, and to be honest, my jokes weren't good to at ultra. all. Yeah. ultra, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, But that was so fun mm-hmm. for me. Can you imagine? I was in high school during the day writing some jokes during history class, and then suddenly at night I can go up on stage for 10 minutes and, and tell them, how i feel tell them how i live that was just crazy that was the best experience in my life and that's why i think that's one of the reasons i'm coming here in america now it's because i need this feeling back you know when you're n- when you're not famous at all when you're no one i mean com- uh, uh, in, in the comedy because you 're always someone, and then, and then there's people watching at you being like, "Who the fuck is this kid we don 't know him, you know right. what is he going to say it 's weird to see this, this, this guy, and I have the same reaction here they don 't say this kid, they just say, "Who the fuck is this French guy? you know <laughs> Why is he coming here in the u s trying to trying to convince us you know we have plenty of comedians here. We have the best in the world, so why right. come in here and I think this is one of the reasons why it 's because I felt in love with this sensation. You know, the fact that I go up on stage and then I'm like, all right, I'm, I feel that I risk everything even though I know I don't risk a lot. You know, I, I mean, if they don't love, that's okay, I'll come back tomorrow. But I feel that it's a WMA fighting. You know, it's like, this is my night. I need to convince them. I need to make them laugh. And as soon as I, as I started in France, that was just a drug and it's still a drug for me. I mean, it's been a year now that I, I haven't been on stage in France, and I need to come here often to go up on stage. I'm at the improv tonight, and I'm at, I'll be at the improv tomorrow night, and I'm, I'm pretty much every night on stage for 10 minutes. It's nothing. Right. But for me, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need. You know, I'm a drug addict. <laughs> I need my shoes. You know? Yeah,
0: No, the adrenaline of it. Uh, how long did it take you in Paris to achieve fame? Did it come quick for you? Yes, or? yes, it went so fast. That's crazy. That's crazy because usually people are telling
1: you, "No, it took a lot of time." Right, it'll take you lot ten of years. Work. Yeah, yeah. And and
0: I used to have. And you enough. started sixteen, and you're famous by when?
1: I was at the Olympia, which is the um, is radio, radio, uh, radio, radio city, like five thousand seats. Yeah, it's it, actually three thousand. seats. Okay. But it's a big, big. But in
0: terms of prestige, it's like Radio City Music Hall. got it. It's okay. exactly like the Radio City Musical in New York in mm-hmm. terms of
1: prestige. Only big artists go there. That's where I've seen Gad when I was a kid, you know? And, uh, and how old were you when I was, you played I there? was 20 years old. Yes, at 20 years old. So you saw old. him at 10 and you played there at 20. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a crazy story. When I'm telling you this, I don't feel humble at all, but yes, this is true. I mean, this is what happened. I saw him at ten for my birthday, and I remember my 20th birthday. I was at the Olympia for my show, and Gad came see me. So yeah, that was that was crazy. But wait, think, did he talk
0: to you backstage? Or? Of course.
1: And yeah. how did you feel? I told him, I told him ten years ago. Now I was here for your show, but I couldn't come backstage. And you are here, and you can come backstage. What do you think? And we <laughs> laughed about it. And, and that was crazy. And that's why we made the show together. You know, like five years later, yeah, six years later, uh, we, we we made this show together in France called Everything's Possible. And for the first time of France history, you, there was two comedians going up on stage together and staying on stage together exactly like what Gad did with Jerry Seinfeld at Montreal this, at this, this summer. summer. Yeah. Exactly. Actually, we did the same just before in mm-hmm. France. It was me and him on stage, and that was crazy for me, you know, because 10 years old, I'm, 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 I'm going to go see this guy because I love him and he's my inspiration, and he's exactly what I want to do in my life. At 20 years old, I'm in the same place doing my show, and he's coming, and at 26, uh, we're doing a show together. So, yeah, that was completely crazy for me, mm-hmm. and I like it's hard for me to look back, to be honest, because I'm 26 years old right now, and I'm like, I have everything to do, and if I start looking back and be like, oh, yeah, I did this, mm-hmm. and then I did that, and then after I went there, I mean, it's too soon, you know? It's
0: too early to, <laughs> to do that,
1: you know what I mean?
0: Tell me about this program for Soda. Yeah. Oh, you heard about it? Well, but I, I don't know that... It seems like it's kind of like a web series, but it was on television. No, actually, it's because not- they were short. It's not a web series. It's, but, it's, but it sounds it's like a web. super short. It sounds like a web series because they're super short episodes. Exactly. But it was on television. That's how we wrote it. Actually, when I was 18 years
1: old, I met this guy who was the head of M6. M6 is like Fox here. It's mm-hmm. a big channel in France. He came to see my show. At 18 years old, I started to make I, – I had my hour special. Okay. So I used to go up on stage every night for my hour and, uh, and then he came to see me and after the show, he told me, look, I think you should think about a show with you in the middle as, as the main part and it would be about teenagers. Because my show back in the time was about teenagers.
0: And you were still almost… I was, a-
1: I was 17 years yeah, old. I think you were still a teenager. So, you know, I had to talk about things that I knew so mm-hmm. actually that was the only thing I knew school parents yeah uh, teachers and everything so, so you made a show about it so I wrote a show about it inspired from my hope my, my life actually my, my 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 teachers my friends and everything and back in the time they wanted short content you know but that was great for us because he, they wanted short content to put all along the day, like sometimes they just put it just before the big uh, um, n- the news uh, from mm-hmm. the afternoon, and then the news from the night, just before, just after, and then suddenly people are starting to look at us and uh, watching the show. They watching the show, and they're like, "Okay, we, we like it. I mean, it, it's cool. It's it." And, and and how short were the episodes? Three minutes. <laughs> yes.
0: So they're so they're watching the news at night. The news ends, and then suddenly there you are. Yes, <laughs> for three <laughs> just minutes. Just after the
1: news. <laughs> saying some bullshits about young people. Yes, man, that's exactly what I did. But I was crazy, to be honest. That was awesome because now when I look back, I'm like, it's impossible to sell a show in France. It's really hard because I know I'm trying now because I have my own production company now in France and we're trying to sell other shows and it's really hard. But it went so fast and it was so easy. He came to see my show. It was like you have something that the other doesn't have. Hmm. You're young, you're speaking about it, you have an audience, let's do this show, let's do it quickly. And in the meanwhile, I was in another show on another channel which uh, the name was On Demand Can Rire and it was like uh, the last comic standing. Okay. Okay? So I used to go on this show twice a week and there were like a jury and exactly like in The Voice Mm -hmm. and then there are like audience and audience could vote for their favorite comedian and jury could vote for, for... Uh, the jury Seinfeld Mm -hmm. could vote for for their uh, uh, favorite comedian okay so I won a a lot of time there and I was 17 years old so I started to be famous because of this show like the last Comic standing like show Mm -hmm. and then just after Soda came Soda arrived you know Mm -hmm. after after the news so yeah I, I think everything went in a good timing you know with good people but there's luck in it. I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't work. I worked my ass like you couldn't you couldn't imagine what I've done. But uh, but I worked a
0: lot, but of course, luck helps me a lot. And was it all through television and stage or was there were you a big presence on social media on Facebook or yes. YouTube? Actually, I started young uh, doing social
1: media. Mm-hmm. I created my Twitter account when Twitter arrived in France in 2009. Mm-hmm. I created my Instagram account when it arrived in France. So to be honest, yes, I, I think social media helped me a lot. I don't know if I became famous because of social media or my social media became big because I was already famous on Because TV. you were already on TV. And, yes, exactly. But I'm a guy from TV, to be honest. I'm maybe one of the only one. Young guy from TV in France because now all the young guys come from YouTube and internet and right. and social media That's what star. I was curious about of this, course yeah. but i'm not actually I have big social media because of TV you know I started on TV in this show uh, last come extending and then after sodan and after uh, movie straight so actually I never no i've never been a, a social media star or uh, a youtube star never
0: how did you know when it was time to move? To Hollywood. <laughs> you said you bought the house a year ago. Yeah. How, I did, think you, how you nev- did you know it was time? I think you never know. It's been
1: three years and a half now that I come here in L.A. I go back to Paris, back and mm-hmm. forth. And to be honest, at some point I was like, in 2015, I had the two biggest movies of the year at the box office in France, the first one and the second one. And I was like, damn. Now, I'm like, I'm 25 years old, and I have the two biggest movies of the year. That's awesome, but I need challenge. I don't say it's done for France. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I love my country, and I want to make a lot of movies there, and I have a lot of projects there. But suddenly, I was like, today, when I want to make a movie in France, I just, I mean, I'm choosing the right script, the right people. I'm going to see the right people, and then we we, we, we make it, you Mm -hmm. know? There's when I want to go up on stage in a comedy club in France. Suddenly, people will recognize me and they're gonna they're gonna be like, uh, "Oh, this is Cap!" or "Oh, this is Cap!" They already have an opinion. Mm-hmm. But there's no challenge. The challenge is some somewhere else. And then I came here for the first time uh, three years and a half ago, and of course I was amazed by, by you know Hollywood and mm-hmm. like, the, the huge palm trees. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah, of course, right, everything, but. At some point, I came, I think it was here at the improv. I arrived here and I was like, okay, let's see it. I didn't understand anything because my English was like not, not good at all. Okay. I didn't know how to speak English three years, ago, three years ago. So what I did is I just watched the, I just felt the energy. And I felt this energy that I love, which is I gotta go up, I have eight minutes to convince you guys that I'm the best. And that's how I started again. You know, that's, that's exactly what I told you. That's how I started when I was 16, 17 years old, going up on stage to try and convince the audience. You know, and I had this energy being like, I'm the best. I know I'm the youngest, but I'm going f- I'm to I'm show you that I'm the best here. And when I saw it here in the U.S., I was like, I should try. Why,
0: why should? I mean,
1: I got to try. Did you, did I, you try I in
0: French first or? Here? Yeah. Did no. You, okay. No, 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 no. Because Gad did that in New York where he performed in French yes. before he performed in English. You're
1: right. Because he already had a big audience. And uh, actually, I, I did With my show. With Francophones
0: who live here? I did my
1: show in L.A. two years ago in French. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyway. Uh, so how did you But that was
1: like 500 seats. Okay. So I did my show for French people living in here mm. in L.A., that was awesome. I went in San Francisco doing my show, a thousand seats, awesome, French people, Miami, same, New York, same, But then you all had to, in French. But then you had to learn English. And then suddenly I was like, ah, it's not, it's not fair, you know? I go up on stage in Miami, I sell 500 tickets, only French people come in. I love doing it, but that's, you can't call it an American tour right that's not what I call an American tour an American tour is it's when pe- when American people right. knows
0: that that well it's like if Eddie Izzard when he went to France if he just performed for people from England exactly it's not really performing in no he had not. to learn French, French and do his act in French for that's what he did the French that's what he did so and how did you learn English actually
1: yeah. I, I took a coach to mm-hmm. be honest uh, I had a, this teacher coming to my house every morning, and I watched a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows, and then at some points I was like, I, I really wanted to speak in English. I really wanted to understand at first. That was really frustrating for me to be in a in a comedy club and don't understand the jokes, that was really hard. So at some points I was like, now I need to understand. So I watched so many shows, so many stuff, uh, I watched all the shows, all Jerry Seinfeld's show, all Dave Chappelle's shows, mm-hmm. all uh, Jim Gaffigan's shows. <laughs> oh, you know, all, all I could watch, mm-hmm. I watched it. And I, need, I, I needed to understand. So I, I started with the subtitle, French subtitle. And then at some point I was like, okay, let's watch it without the subtitle. And now I get it. Okay, this is, this word, this, okay, I got it, this, mm-hmm. this, this. And then, yeah, it took two years, but yeah. And it's still not perfect, as you can hear. It's I mean, when, good. When, it's good enough. When people. People know what you're saying. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Okay, if you're listening to us right now, please vote. <laughs> je
0: comprends. You, co- you comprend? Yeah, je comprends. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> cool. Okay, so you've learned English. Then I guess the next step is trying to get parts in Hollywood productions. Yep. You're right. You're right. It's was, that, was that tough? Or tougher than you
1: thought it was going to be? Yes. It's super tough. To be honest, it's like, I didn't know it was that tough, to Mm -hmm. be honest. I thought, you know, it was like, I'm gonna show them how energetic I am, Mm -hmm. and they're gonna love it, but I didn't realize that there's like thousands and thousands of people that that wants to make it here, and they're American, and they have the language, and they they have the energy, they have everything, and I'm in competition with them right now. Which is really hard. I feel like the guy when I started in when I started stand up in France, I was 17 years old, and I remember this guy coming out. He was an American guy, mm-hmm. and he he tried to make he he, he was doing stand up in in French, and I remember him talking like with a with a big accent, and everyone was like, "What what the <laughs> fuck is he doing?" You know. <laughs> why is he here mm-hmm. go to london man go to new york but why are you trying to make it here in paris where you know you can't understand everything mm-hmm. and i feel like this guy now i'm like okay i go i go to casting and i see 100 american guy like they better looking right. than me so more what's handsome his, so what's this
0: french kid doing here yes
1: what is he doing here why stay in your country you have everything you need there you're the big star in france <laughs> yes I don't know why I'm obsessed with this country. I don't know. I mean, it's like the the ch- I think it's the biggest challenge of my life and that's why I I love it. I mean, I mean I won't let it go till I'm a big star here. You so know, how did I you get this, this part
0: in the movie that's coming out next year? Casting.
1: It. I mean, I did maybe 200 casting already mm-hmm. here in this town and I had one. So I don't think I'm like a hero, but that's already crazy, you right. know? So, yeah, I did a casting for this part, and I Skyped with the director, which which she was awesome with me. She was really, really cool. And, yeah, she told me, are you available to shoot with us in Budapest uh, this summer? And I was shooting a huge movie this summer called Aladdin. And Aladdin, it's a sequel of another movie that I did. Actually, it's Aladdin 2. (laughs) And I did Aladdin 1, and Mm -hmm. that was like one of the biggest success in Europe. Okay. So, I was shooting the second one in Wazazat in Morocco, which is a small city in in Morocco where there's only studio to shoot. And I took a private jet to go to Budapest, and I paid with my own money the private jet, and I got paid like, I don't know, 200 bucks for Mm -hmm. the part I did. (laughs) You know, so I paid a lot of money to be there because it was impossible in my schedule. But I'm saying all of that to say that was one of the best experiences in my life. I met Mila Kunis, I met Kate McKinnon, and I had a great experience with them on set, and I had a lot of fun. And I don't know if I'm gonna be in the movie because maybe they'll cut my scene because oh, I just a, have
0: it's not a big enough part.
1: I just have one scene. Okay. But it's
0: a big scene. Oh, with okay. like
1: uh, 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 with like it's a it's I'm I'm a I'm I'm kind of a Uber driver.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uber driver, but uh suddenly Mila and Kate are are coming in the car and we're chasing by bad guys, you okay. know, bad bad guys are chasing us mm-hmm. and they're shooting in the car. Oh. And then they're killing me. But before they kill me, I <laughs> have I have this uh you know, I don't realize how bad is the situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Do you want some candies? Do oh, you want right. some you- fresh air? Do you want?" And <laughs> right. they're shooting on the car, so I had a lot of fun. It took three days to shoot, and I was really cool. But I don't know if they're gonna keep it in the movie. But I know that for me, that was a great experience <laughs> to be able to die in a Hollywood movie. Yes,
0: yes. Come on. Were you able to, to uh, talk to Mila or Kate much? Of course.
1: They were perfect on the set. They were really open to talk with me. And we had a great time making jokes. I talked a lot with, uh, with Kate, a lot with Mila. They were really, really cool with me and uh, really warm, you know. They were like, we feel that it's hard for you to come here on a Hollywood set and trying to make it. So we're going to help you. And they were really supportive and they were laughing at all oh, my improv and everything. So nice. I had a lot of fun with them.
0: What do you think you've learned from that? Brief three-day experience to help you with the next, the next step in. I think you got to be. In adapting true. to Hollywood.
1: You got to be true to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's what I Because le- you know, I was like the first day. I was the good. I was the good student. I knew my lines exactly. Uh, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was like, I don't want to bother. I'm gonna stay, you know, in my space, and I'm gonna wait for them to need me. Mm-hmm. And then the second day, I was like, fuck it. You know what? I'm gonna do what I do. Since, uh, since I was born, I'm gonna improv and everything, I'm gonna make them laugh, and that's what I did. And suddenly, that was crazy to see their, their faces looking at me differently, you know, being like, oh, damn, he's funny, this guy mm-hmm. is cool, he's funny, <laughs> we like him. So yeah, I think I gotta stay true to myself and I gotta be me, and it's hard sometimes to be you in another language. I know it could be weird to say that, but trust me, when you don't have every word in your mind, it's hard to be funny Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, it's hard to be, to be efficient. And sometimes for me, it's hard. So now I'm just trying to be me. And if I don't have the word, I do faces,
0: you know, I'm just trying to make faces. (laughs) And then they got me. (laughs) What is, what has God said to help you through this process? Since he's look gone through it himself guy's the best with me he helped me a lot he, he introduced me
1: to a lot of people here in this city um he really wanted me to succeed here I can feel it but he's like he's helping me but he wants me to make it on my own also mm-hmm. so he's giving he's giving me a lot of advice a lot of place where I should go a lot of people I should meet and I always follow his advice advice is So, I always follow it. And, yeah, I think he's he's a great, great comedian, a great man. And uh, I'm going to go see him just after. And I love our conversations. You know, it's helping me a lot. So, I mean, it's a real inspiration for me. And he always has been an inspiration. When I was a kid, as I told you, he was this guy on stage. And I was like, I want to do the same. Then I did the same. Then we went together on stage in France. And now... You have this French guy coming here in the U.S. and touring all over the U.S. with his show in English, an hour special in English, uh, all over the world. You, you, you've been. He you went in Australia. He went in England. He went all around the world. So he's a real inspiration. When I'm when I'm looking at him, I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do, you know. And it's possible. Suddenly, it's possible. Suddenly,
0: everything's possible. And that's that's, that's the name the of the show we did. Yeah. Um, so speaking of which, if there's a 10 year old French kid who's at your show, what would you, what would you want him to, or her, what would you want him or her to think? Um, <clears throat> when they're watching you and going, oh, I want to do, I want to, I want to do what Kev does.
1: <laughs> I would tell them, believe it. believe in your dream mm-hmm. and fight for it. It's really hard. And I would also say, go to school. It's important. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I would say believe in your dream and try to be funny and try to be yourself and don't try to copy anyone. Don't try to, you know, even though there, there'll there be people saying you're not funny, there'll be people saying it's not for you. Just believe in yourself and be true to you who you are. Maybe it's like the common speech, but I think it's really important to believe in that. I mean, when I come here in the U.S., I'm here to be the biggest star of, of the, the history of the United States, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I know that maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but I'm gonna fight for it as hard as I can. So if I, if I see today someone who's 10 years old and he tell me, tells me I wanna do it, I would tell him, look, there's plenty of guy that wants to make this job, all right? So you wanna be the one? You, it's exactly like a medicine race. I don't know if you say that here. You know when you want to be a doctor in France? Mm-hmm. It's like a race. It's you against the others. There is only one shot. There's only one seat, two seats. All right? And you got you to gotta work more than the others. It's not only you, like you got to work. No. You got to work more than the others.
0: Not everybody can be the doctor.
1: Exactly. Not everybody can be the doctor. So I would say be the doctor. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, Kev, uh, merci
0: you, you, beaucoup. You watched
1: me like, like you, you were staring at me like, be the doctor? What the <laughs> fuck is that? I don't get it. All right. No, but thank you very much for having me here. And I hope we'll listen to this interview in like 10 years. And I'll be like, hey, now yeah. I know how
0: to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that interview in 10 years then. Cool. Thanks. This episode of The Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brzezell at Showbiz Studios. Theme music by Camille Harris and Shockwave. Logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. things first.